Listen, let's just stand on our feet real quick. Father, we thank you so much for your goodness. Thank you, Lord, for my friend and your servant in the kingdom, Evangelist Ted Shuttlesworth, Jr. We just thank you for it and we praise you for him and we receive what you have to say through yes. him today in Jesus', Jesus name. name. If you believe it, say amen. amen. Hallelujah. Praise Hallelujah. God. Come on up here, Brother Tim. Praise God. Glory to God. Amen. amen. Love you. I love you. So yesterday, uh, you can be seated. Yesterday we uh, we had some fun. Yes, we did. We got a little bit of sun right here. <laughs> Just a little. Yeah. I'm glad the thing died down. I'd never had such a severe sunglasses tan as I did yesterday. <laughs> the line on yeah. the side, yeah. I went from Native American to Anglo-American back to Native American. <laughs> we ended up in Charlotte having a day off, uh, both of us yesterday, sort of. And we, uh, have you seen those little scooters uh, that hang out around downtown Charlotte? 13 miles. 13 miles. You should have seen us. We were rolling with the big dogs. <laughs> you can't say scooter and still feel manly. I found that out. When we tried to do a video yesterday. We're on our scooters. That <laughs> yeah, was powerful. Would it do us well to talk about how fast they actually went? They, they did go about 40 miles an hour, 35, 40 miles an hour. Yeah, but see, if you tell them that, it's just You might imagine somebody just doing this. <laughs> but it, it, it was pretty quick. I mean, we were, I mean, we were on the main roads in traffic. And, there was a know. couple of times I was like, oh, I need to slow down a little bit. But yeah. we had a good time. Yeah, you were in a spirit of recklessness, I saw. <laughs> <laughs> we had well. a blast. We had a blast. Well, years ago, uh, we came to know each other, and uh, I would just say that Ted and Carolyn have been a huge blessing in the and I's life, and uh, we're just excited to have you this Amen. morning. I'm so glad you got to stop by yeah. for one service, and we're going to receive it all. Amen. Amen. Lord to God. I love, I love you. you. Praise you God. Let's lift our hands all over this house. Father, we thank you for your anointing. Thank you for your power, your glory that's in this house today. We came with expecting hearts. We came expecting you to open up the windows of heaven over this place, pour out a blessing that we don't have room to contain. We thank you for it, Lord. We ask you, pour out your spirit upon every man and every woman. Don't, do not let us leave here the same way we came in. Let us leave changed by the power of God. And we thank you for it, and we give you praise. If you believe it, somebody shout aloud, amen. 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 I'm excited. I got a word for you today. It's good to see my friends, Ben and his wonderful wife, Amy, Jerome. Good to have you guys here. How long did you drive? About two hours? It's good to have you here. Would you welcome, give them a hand? They tried three other churches before they came here this morning, and that was... <laughs> you know, when you walk in talking in tongues, and it's the first Baptist church about, you know, it's a problem. They throw you out, and, you know, that never, never goes well after that. Um, I told Pastor Brian driving over here today, I said, we can stop right in there and have a meeting. We can stop right in there and have a meeting just till they throw us out. I always wondered how long it would take to get thrown out. You know, if you just walked up, you know, you're dressed like you're supposed to be there. You walk up and just take the microphone and say, praise the Lord. Hey, man, somebody shout for the Lord is good. And people are like, who is this guy? It's like, just sit down, ushers. We've got this. Hey, Amen. Praise the God. You know, until they realize he's not supposed to be here. Send him out. I have a feeling I could go for a good 45, 50 minutes before anybody would stop me. <laughs> Doesn't help that I'm big. It's like, who's going to throw me out? <laughs> I'll throw you out. No. <laughs> we had a blast yesterday. We were, we were taking some rest, and 
Uh, I got to see my favorite soccer team play in, in Charlotte yesterday. That was fun. And uh, it's just good to be with Pastor Brian because he's a man of faith, builds my faith. And uh, the Bible says, as iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. And it's good to have faith connections in your life. You shouldn't just make friends with anybody. You should uh, find people that not only stir you up, but keep you moving forward in the kingdom of God. Uh, it's a mistake to connect yourself. And I'm not saying we don't minister to those that need help, need faith. Uh, Jesus ate with sinners. I'm not talking about not ministering to people or cutting people off because they're not saved. What I'm saying is you should have friends in your life that are filled with faith and power, that encourage you, that lift you higher, and uh, equip, help equip you for what you're called to do. I think of the man who was paralyzed. Think about the man that was paralyzed. He was a quadriplegic. And if he did not have faith-filled friends, he would never have gotten a miracle. Think about that. That if they didn't believe Jesus was a healer, if his friends didn't believe miracles were for today, then he would have just laid there on his mat for the rest of his life paralyzed. But he had friends in his life who picked his mat up and actually carried him to where miracles were. Think about this. Friends that didn't give up because when they got to the house, it was already packed full of people. And there was no way to get in. And they said, listen, we're not going to uh, let you stay here, even though it doesn't look like it's a convenient opportunity to receive from God. Look what they did. The Bible says they all climbed up on the roof. Right. Now, I want to I just show you, I'm not preaching on this, but I want to make a point here. Notice this. It wasn't just the man who needed a miracle that went to the next level. He had friends that were willing to go to the next level. And it, what, the friends actually took him to the next level and tore the roof open and lowered him down in front of Jesus and he got his miracle. And unless he had been connected to people of faith, he would have missed out on his miracle. And that's what Paul was teaching to the church in Corinth. Even though they were, you know, baby believers, they were very immature believers, he said, don't be unequally yoked with an unbeliever. Why? Because there is no fellowship between light and darkness, between God and the devil, the Bible says. And so I'm not making my connections. I'm talking about my life connections now with people who refuse to believe the truth of God's word. Amen. Why? Because when I get to the place where I need a touch from God, I don't want somebody that's my friend saying, well, you really believe in that stuff. I don't want you to get your hopes up. I don't want, you know, I don't want that. I don't want somebody in my life who's going to tell me, well, that stuff doesn't really happen anymore. And, you know, don't let them convince you. I don't want to see your heart broken when you realize it's not real. I don't want that. I want people that will stand just as strong in faith with me as I'm standing for the presence of God and say, you know what? Don't give up. Don't stop believing. Don't stop confessing. Don't stop pressing in. Don't stop praying. Don't stop fasting. Get it. Keep going until you get what God said is yours. I want that. And so I'm thankful. I'm thankful for this church, your pastors, and uh, all of you. I'm thankful for the faith you have, the expectancy that you have. And uh, I've asked God already, I prayed this morning. I said, touch them today, Lord. Touch your people and take us to another level. Amen. Since I saw you last, I was over in Brazil for about 10 days, uh, just a few weeks ago, and the doors opened up. We were holding a revival in Tampa, Florida last year, and uh, one of the... The church that we were in had quite a, a, a few Brazilians. It was actually a Brazilian ministry within that church. And uh, the guy who is pastoring, he and his wife, over the Brazilian contingent, their uncle, or his father-in-law, actually pastors and is over 72 churches in Brazil and other nations, Uruguay, Paraguay. And uh, he, he was watching the live stream. 
He said, would you ask Brother Ted if he would come over here to Brazil? We need that power of revival and the Holy Ghost. He said, please invite him to come. So they, they got on the phone. I said, I'd be happy to come. And we set the dates. And uh, I went just a few weeks ago, and we were in a place called Cuiabá, Brazil, which is the western part. And actually, in that town, there's a monument. It is the exact center of South America in that town. Well, the pastor, there's over 72 churches. And uh, the first night I got there, the, the headquarters church, he actually, think about this, they had theater-style seating in a huge sanctuary. The pastor, before the revival started, with expectancy in his heart, ripped out all the seats. They had like theater-style seats screwed into the floor. Ripped them all out of the sanctuary and put up little, you know, the white garden chairs, like the outdoor white plastic garden chairs. I mean, the small ones lined them up knowing there's going to be too many people coming to have theater chairs. So he ripped them all out, put up garden-style outdoor plastic chairs in the sanctuary so that they could have over a thousand in the main room and then they set up two overflow rooms knowing more people would come and on the first night just starting out we had over a thousand in the main floor and packed out two overflow rooms with about 200 and some people in each one so we had almost 1600 people total on the first night and it continued to grow every night people were being saved by the power of God by the time that the meeting came to an end uh, just six seven days of meetings over 500 salvations for Jesus Christ in just one week. Hallelujah. So I got excited. Here's an interesting thought. I was uh, on the final night of the meeting. I was given the altar call for salvation. And as I'm standing there calling people to be saved, and I mean the altars were packed on that final night, a woman came down. I saw something wasn't right with her. And she's standing there, and she's kind of got this glare in her eyes. She answered the altar call for salvation. And she's kind of just standing there. And then all of a sudden, as I start going in praying by the power of the Holy Ghost, she throws herself to the ground and starts writhing and screaming. And I mean, she's full of the devil, full of demons. I, I cast out two demons out of this woman. And so she's freaking out on the ground. And then she jumps up off the ground and tries to start running through the new believers that are getting saved, trying to punch everybody. She's running, trying to hit everybody that's getting saved. Well, three ushers tackled her to the ground, and she's down over here. I'm like, well, I'm not going to let this distract from the altar call. Let, let them just play WWE with her, and I'll come over here. And I just let them in the sinner's prayer. And, you know, when I, yeah, that's the most important thing. Because if I cast those demons out before these people get saved, any unsaved person is an open target for the devil. So I'm going to make sure we secure their soul before we get into casting out devils. So I went in, we, we finished the prayer, amen, new believers packed the altar, Alt, altar workers already started working with them, praying with them. I jumped down off the platform, the platform was probably about, you know, five and a half, six feet tall. I jumped down off that platform and I stood right over that woman and I just, I, and, I, and, and here's the interesting thing, where we were, nobody spoke English. I mean, nobody spoke English, not even a little bit. I had to have a translator just to order lunch. I mean, that's no matter where I went. And so I know nobody spoke English, and I stood over that woman, and, I, and she's trying to move her head back and forth and all this stuff, and I shouted, look at me in Jesus' name, and her eyes snapped right at me just like this. I looked to the, to the minister standing next to me, I said, see that? The devil doesn't just know Portuguese, he knows English, amen. <laughs> and I, I said, look at me in Jesus' name, and her eyes locked with mine, I said, you're coming out tonight in the mighty name of Jesus. No, I'm not coming. She started speaking and said, no, we're not coming out. I said, oh, you're coming out tonight in Jesus' name. I cast one devil out of that woman, and I mean, that thing, she, she 
uh, just like the Bible said, it, it tore at her. She thrashed, it then came out, and she went peaceful and limp. And then the second one started manifesting. I said, that's coming out in Jesus' name. I, I commanded it to come out. It, no, I'm not. Boom. It came out. She went limp again. Well, then she gets up. She's free now. They lead her over to her seat, and they're praying with her. Led her in the sinner's prayer over there by the pastor. That was the night I anointed everybody with oil. So we had, you know, what, 1,500 people wrapped around the building and out into the lobby coming through. I'm anointing every person with oil, praying the prayer of faith. And here she comes through that line, a new woman. Come, look completely different. I mean, you talk about a change in just 10 minutes looking one way and then coming through looking like a different person. I mean, looking like a different person. You know, the Bible says God beautifies the meek. Did you know that? Bible says God beautifies the meek. That's why I say Christian people are the best looking people. Amen. Because God gives you, there's a supernatural beauty that comes upon your life when, you ever seen somebody that's done drugs for 15 years? Ever seen somebody that's been an alcoholic for 20 years? Ever seen somebody that's been addicted to uh, nicotine for 30 years? And, and you know, you can be 40 years old and look 60. Or you can be 80 and look 60. Amen. I've seen people that have been faithful to obey God's word for their life, that have stayed free from sin. And you know what? You can be, I've seen women and men in church, 80 years old. I had a guy come up to me in this last meeting I was in 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 Pennsylvania. He said, Brother Ted, how old do you think I am? I promise you, he looked about 63. 63, looked strong, you know, had a, I mean, just a strong look to him, looked about 63. I said, you're probably about 63, 65. He said, I'm 91. I mean, he said, 91 years old. He said, I've been serving God. God's given me multiple miracles, healed my body, healed him from cancer. I mean, he's just giving me all these testimonies. He said, I'm 91 years old, feel strong, feel good. I said, that's because the Bible says God not only beautifies the meek, but God gives a strength to his people. Amen. Supernatural strength to his people. And he'll lengthen your days. Amen. He'll lengthen the number of your days. That's part of our inheritance. Somebody shout inheritance. Inheritance. And that's what I'm talking about today is that there's an inheritance for you that God has planned for you through the blood of Jesus Christ. And the devil would love nothing better than to keep you from receiving your inheritance. What God said belongs to you. And so I want want you to open your Bible, if you will, the book of Romans chapter 8. But as you're turning there, I know you can do two things at once. Just listen to this. I'm going to quote you Galatians chapter 3. And verse 29, you should know it well. The Bible said, if you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Amen. If you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed. Hallelujah. And heirs according to the promise. So what that means is, is that whatever God promised to Abraham has now become your inheritance Because of the blood of Jesus Christ. Whatever God promised to Abraham. Now think about this. In the Old Testament, there was no way for anybody to just become God's people. You were either born as God's people or you were born a Gentile. You were Jewish or you were a Gentile. And there was no way to cross over. You couldn't go back in your mother's womb and become a Jew. You were either Jewish or you weren't. And if you weren't God's people, then you were in a place where you were receiving God's wrath if you came against God's people. And think think of it this way. There was a great chasm. If you think of the Grand Canyon, think of the Grand Canyon, a massive chasm. 
And on one side stood God's people. And on the other side stood everybody else. And there was no way for us to just cross through that Grand Canyon and become God's people. But then the Bible says, Jesus Christ came down from heaven sent by God. And he became, hallelujah. He said, I am the door. So what happened was, Christ made a way. He didn't just become a door, he became a bridge. And he laid himself down and put himself as a bridge across that canyon so that people who were not born into God's family could be reborn into God's family. Which means that as we come through Christ, who is the door? Somebody shout the door. As we come through Christ, who is the door, we go across that impassable cavern and step into the family of the Most High God. And now if you're in this room today and you are not born Jewish, that through faith in the blood of Jesus Christ, you have come through the door, walked across the bridge, and now you stand as the family of God in this house today. Woo! Glory to God. I stand, you stand as the family of the Most High God. And that's a powerful thought. Because if you are part of the family, then you get family benefits. If you're part of the family, you get family benefits. See, there are things that your children will receive because of you that other people's children won't get. there, There are blessings that come through inheritance that are only there because of family ties. Yeah, I can't just walk into any will reading across this country and sit down at the table with the attorney and the rest of the family and say, what was mine? Did she leave me anything? Is there anything? They don't know me. I got no connection to the family. You imagine if I could do that? I'd hit up every will reading that I could find. I'd be showing up at places like, yeah, let me get the flat screen. I want the flat screen. Who's taking the fishing boat? I want the fishing boat. No. You can't do it. Why? No connection to the family. No connection to the family. No connection to the family. So God said, because I want to give them inheritance, I'm going to give them a connection to the family. I feel the Holy Ghost today. And Paul started to teach this to the church in Rome, which is why I told you you to turn to Romans chapter 8. Powerful verse of scripture here that will give you something that many people you don't hear him preaching about. But listen to verses 14 and 15. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are the sons of God. Hallelujah. The sons of God. One translation says the children of God. But the sons of God, more accurate, because there, even though there are no, there's no gender in the Spirit, you know, they're not male nor female, neither Jew nor Greek, you know. But the important, the reason it says the sons of God is because in this culture, Only the sons receive the inheritance. Only the sons receive the inheritance. And the oldest son received a double portion of the inheritance. Glory to God. And look at this. The Bible says, look at verse 15. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear. Now watch, this is the most important thing you can catch. But you have received the spirit of adoption. Somebody say the spirit of adoption. You have received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father. We can now call him Father. 
he has become my father. See, here's a great transition that we just got. He went from just being judge to father. See, because before I stepped into this family role, all he was to me was judge. But the moment I transitioned through the blood of Jesus, he went from being judge to father. And the powerful thing about that is there's two different things that come out of the mouth of both of those individuals. A judge pronounces sentences. A father pronounces blessings. And the same thing's true today. Every person in history now or in the future will bow their knee one day before God. And they'll either bow their knee to a judge or to a father. And that's the power of a family connection is he takes, it transitions God from being your judge and now to your father. And the thing is, the Bible says you've been uh, set up now by the spirit of adoption. Hallelujah. Woo. See, this is the mistake many people make. They think that if you're going to be part of the family, then you have to look like the family. Oh, my goodness. I'm looking in this room right now, and nobody in their right mind would ever believe that all of us are related. I'm looking through this room. I'm looking through this room. You know, I have a bass player. If you've ever seen me play with my band, I got a bass player, Big John Grimsley. And uh, John Grimsley is a black man. He's not white. So when we're standing on the platform together and I'm getting ready to throw him a solo, say, play it, John, on the bass. I'll say, everybody welcome my twin brother, John. And people laugh because we're about the same height, but, you know, he's black, I'm white. Nobody believes he's my twin brother. I look in this room tonight. Today we have people that are white, we've got people that are black. There's people that come to this church that are Puerto Rican, Latino, American, whatever. Whatever you want to say. Nobody would look at us and believe, well, they're all, from, they're all related. You know why? Because in the natural, people expect you to look alike if you're going to be in the same family. But see, that's the power, watch this, of the spirit of adoption. I have a brother-in-law and a sister-in-law who adopted two Chinese boys. Went to China to pick them up, bring them back. They have two sons by blood, two adopted sons. Two look like the family, two look nothing like the family. Nothing. So what happens? Well, if Jesus were to tarry and my brother-in-law or sister-in-law were to pass away and leave an inheritance, guess what? Just because they don't look like the other brothers doesn't mean they're not going to get the inheritance like the other brothers did. Because it has nothing to do with what you look like. It has everything to do with what the legal papers say. And if the legal papers say that you're part of a family, that means there's an inheritance that's set aside for you. Woo, hallelujah. That's why this word is so important. Because this word is the legal document by which God gave us adoption. And when the, when the devil tells you you don't have what God says you have, you point right here to this word and say, I don't know who you think you're talking to, but I actually have my legal binding agreement right here that cannot be annulled because God's word will never pass away. That's, see, that's why it's so powerful. We read some verses in the Bible as though they're just passing verses. To go somewhere else. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my word will never pass away. So people say, hallelujah, wonderful Jesus. There's more to it than just thinking, well, you know, his word will last forever. It's more than that. It's the fact that this legal agreement, this last will and testament of Jesus Christ, this thing never comes to an end. You know why that's exciting? Because it wasn't just the first century church that 
got to get in on the blessings of God. But then it, there was an expiration date on it. And after about 300 years of Christianity, they stopped taking new members. No, that's not how it works. His word will never pass away. Heaven may pass away. Earth, all. But guess what? The word will never. I feel like running around this church. It'll never pass away. I said it'll never pass away. Glory to God. It'll never pass away. And the Bible says here there's some things. I want you to look down with me. There's a couple of things that will stir your spirit up. Verse 11 is part of our inheritance. Verse 11 is part of our inheritance, but you can't get it unless you're part of the family. The Bible says if that same spirit that raised up Christ from the dead dwells in you, he shall quicken your mortal body. Catch this. That's not for everybody. That's for people who are part of the family. That's for people that are in the family. Others that are not in the family, they have to suffer with whatever the world suffers with. Others that are not part of the family, they can't say, no matter what's sweeping through this nation disease-wise or my, my country or my, or, or my neighborhood or this state or this, this county, you know what, I'm exempt from that. They can't say that because they're not part of the family. And that's not their inheritance. People just have to hope they don't get cancer. People just have to hope that they don't catch some kind of a disease that's going to hit their body. But see, not us. I don't have to hope that because I already have a promised inheritance that says I'm part of the family, which means cancer don't touch the family. Cancer can't kill the family. Are you hearing what I'm saying? What I'm preaching to you today is that when you become part of the family, you get the benefit of the same spirit that raised up Christ from the dead and he dwells in your physical body. Dwells in you. Paul said, don't you know? That your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. Somebody say, I'm the temple. temple. Say this, I'm the house of God. God. (laughs) That'll get you stirred up. I'm the house of God. I'm the house of God. He literally lives in me. He is overflowing out of me. Ephesians 3.19 says, I'm a body that is filled and flooded with God himself. Filled and flooded God, the Spirit of God, is overflowing out of your body today. There's a transference that comes out of you into somebody else. Why do you think we can say, we can lay our hands on the sick and they shall recover? Why? Because when I put my hands on the sick, when you put your hands on the sick, there's an overflowing of that Spirit of God coming out of you and getting into somebody else. It's not just about your skin cells getting on their skin cells. It's about what's inside your body. And you saturating somebody else with the substance that's in your body, it gets into them. Peter and John, such as I have, give I to thee. They knew they had it. Why? They were part of the family. They had something. Their inheritance was already active. Hallelujah. Go on further. I want to give give you this. The Bible says in... uh, Let's go to verse 28 through 30 of Romans 8. Listen to this. And we know that those who love God, for those who love God, all things work together for good. For those are called according to his purpose. For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. In order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. I'm going to stop there in a minute. 
And those whom he predestined, he also called. And those whom he called, he also justified. And those whom he justified, he also glorified. Let me just say this. People are waiting to heaven to get their glorified state. You're already glorified. You've already been, your physical body may not have been glorified yet, but your spirit man has been glorified. You know, it's not your body that's justified, it's your spirit man. Your body will either pass away into eternity or it'll be glorified into eternity, but your spirit man right now has been changed. Your spirit man right now has already been justified, and he said if you've been justified, you've also been glorified. Man, that'll get you pumped. Why? Because you start to understand, I'm not waiting to become a supernatural powerhouse. I've already been made a supernatural powerhouse because when he justified me, he glorified me. (laughs) Hey, hallelujah. And the Bible says that Jesus became the firstborn of many brethren. See, we preach scriptures because we've heard them for a long time, but we don't think about the timeline. Understand this, it would freak people out if I told them today, Jesus is not the only begotten Son of God. Because he's not. Jesus is not the only begotten Son of God. He was at the time the scripture was written, but he's not now. Because the Bible says in the book of John, to as many as believed on his name, to them gave he power to become the sons of God. So now, because of what Jesus did, there are millions of sons of God all over this earth right now. This room is filled with sons of God right now. Jesus is no longer the only son of God. He was just the first son of God. Hallelujah. Woo! He wasn't just the only. He's the first. And that's what this verse said, that he could be the firstborn among many brethren. Somebody say this with me. I have power, I have power. To, be to be the Son of God. See, that, if people hear that, they freak out. Well, that's, that's blasphemous, brother. That's blasphemous. Put yourself on the level with Jesus. I didn't do it. God did it. He put you in that place. He glorified you. He justified you. He conformed you to the image of his dear Son. It's part of your inheritance package. That's why the Bible says in 1 John, As he is, so are we in this world. Not when we get to heaven, in this world. Somebody say, I'm like Jesus. As he is currently, so are we. That's why I always like to point that out, Landon. As he is currently, not as he was, as he is. Hallelujah. I'm not like a baby in a manger. I'm not like a 12-year-old boy in the temple. I'm not like a carpenter making rocking chairs. I'm not like a man on a cross. I'm not like a man in a grave. Are you hearing what I'm saying? As he is currently. I am like he is that John saw him on the island of Patmos. A man that's glorified. His hair was white like wool, as white as snow. 
eyes were flames of fire. Out of his mouth proceeded a two-edged sword, and as he spoke, his voice thundered like many ocean waves. His skin was bronze like it had been refined in the fire. Hallelujah. He was looking at a Jesus that was not suffering, but was victorious. We don't serve a suffering Savior. We serve a victorious Christ who is seated in heavenly places at the right hand of the Father, and he's preparing a place for you, and he's making an intercession for us, and he's coming back very soon. The trumpet will sound, and we will see him as he is. Woo! Glory to God. Somebody shout, I have an inheritance. Amen. I've got an inheritance. <laughs> Go to Acts chapter 20. Let me show you this. I mean, I could, I, could, I could hit this all day. Think about verse 32. I mean, think, go to even the verse 31. You, you turn to Acts. I'll just read this to you. Acts 20. Romans 8, 31. What shall we say then about these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? Bless you, my child. <laughs> if God is for us. How many of you in this room, God's for you? Amen. If God's for you, shout amen. Amen. So let me ask you, if God's for you, who can be against you? If he's for you, who can be against you? Nobody. That's part of the inheritance package. If God's for me, who can be against me? Can a government be against me? Who cares? Can an army be against me? Who cares? Can a corporation be against me? Who cares? If God's for me, who can be against me? If God's for me, who can be against me? You know, the whole Old Testament was literally about governments being against people. And the people prevailing over the evil governments. That was the whole point of the Old Testament. You see, as God's people are waiting for the Messiah to come, God's still giving them power to overcome every wicked thing. All he said was, as long as you'll live for me, as long as you'll obey me, as long as you'll enter into the covenant so I can give you a, a, an inheritance that is not even fully formed yet. <sighs> they were getting the prologue of the inheritance. You hear this? Jesus hadn't even come. Messiah hadn't even shed his blood. And they were getting just the appetizer of what was about to come. God was actually using substitute blood until the real blood was ready to give them a prologue of their inheritance. They were just getting types and shadows. Take, form a bronze serpent on a pole and lift it up. And everybody who looks upon the serpent will be healed. Why? Vipers were crawling through the, the, uh, the desert and biting God's people and the poison was getting in their bodies. And God said, just form a brass uh, a serpent on a pole, lift it up, and anybody who looks upon it will receive their healing. It was just a type and a shadow of the fact Jesus was to come and was going to take the power of sin upon his body, take the power of the serpent upon his body, and nail it to the tree. And anybody who looks upon him in faith will not be ashamed. Hallelujah. It hadn't happened yet, but God said, even though it hasn't happened, I'm going to give you a preview of what I'm about to do. Woo! Hallelujah. But you know what's great? We don't have to sit here and watch the preview over and over. We actually get to be in the movie. Hallelujah. Sit here and watch the preview, a three-minute preview of the good movie that's about to come out. We're in it. I said, we're in it. We're in it. The blood of Jesus has already been shed. Then go on further. I love this verse. He who did not spare his own son but gave him up for us all, 
how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? How many things? People get all hung up. You think God cares about a car? You think he cares about a watch or a house? You think God cares about a boat or a vacation? He don't care. He gave you Jesus. He took his only beloved son and sent him down from heaven in the form of a man to be tortured, persecuted, and killed for you. For those of us that weren't even worthy to receive anything from heaven, he sovereignly chose to send Jesus to die and be tortured for our sins. And if he gave us Christ, Paul said, how much more will he not freely and graciously give us all things? It's it's people are hung up. God's not hung up. You know, it must be nice to have a watch like that. Who cares about a watch? God will give you all things. He'll give you a house. He'll give you a car. He'll give you a watch. He'll give you a boat. He'll send you on vacation. He'll bless your family. He ain't worried about that. He gave you his son. If somebody came to me today and asked me, what would you rather, if you had to give one of the two things, what would you rather give me? Would you rather give me your watch or would you rather give me your son Teddy the third and have me torture and kill him? I said, take the watch. Take the watch if I had to choose. But if I was willing to give you my son, you think I'd be worried about giving you my watch? If I was willing to give you my son and let you do whatever you want with him, you think I'd be worried about giving you a car or a house? That's nothing. That's my boy. That's my boy that I held in my arms. I mean, think about it from a human perspective. That I held in my arms, that I kissed and loved, fed, put to sleep, sang to at night, quoted scriptures over. If I gave him to you, you think I'd be worried about taking you to dinner? Getting you a steak? Taking you on vacation? That stuff would mean nothing compared to my boy. That's my boy. And God said, I'm going to give you my son. I'll let him be tortured and killed and persecuted for your sin, for your sickness, for your curse of poverty and lack. And he's, Paul understood the love of God. He said, if he'll give us Jesus, how much will he not graciously give us all things? We serve a loving Heavenly Father who has good gifts for his children. That's part of the inheritance package. Somebody shout amen. amen. Give us all things. Now, I had you flip over to the book of Acts. I want you to look at the 20th chapter where I had you to go. And I want you to look at verse 32. Paul's talking to the Ephesian elders in this passage. Still on the same thing. He said, and now I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and to give you the inheritance among all those who are sanctified. So that's why this word has to be with you at all times. It's got to be in your spirit. It's got to be in your hand. It's got to be in your mouth. Why? Because this word is the force. According to Paul, I give you to God and to the word of his grace. Right here. The word of his grace, which is able to build you up. So if there's a place in your life where you're not sufficiently built up, get more word in it. If there's an area, is there a place, is your body suffering? Get some more word in it. Is your mind suffering? Get some more word in it. Are your finances suffering? Get some more word in it. Are your relationships suffering? Get some more word in it. Are there issues that are trying to harass you and hang on to your life year after year after year? Get some more word in it. You know, the Bible says my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. But then in John 8.32, you'll know the truth and the truth will make you free. 
Any area where you're not free, there's not sufficient truth. The truth sets you free. And the truth is part of your inheritance. He said, I'll give you to God, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and give you an inheritance among all them which are sanctified. What you can read in this New Testament is your inheritance. But notice what I started with, Galatians 3.29. The Bible said, if you belong to Christ, you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Let me just, before I do anything else, read you Genesis 12, 1 through 3. Because you've got to get this in your spirit and never forget it. I'm so, you know, I'm so tired of it. We get so many false, false statements of humility. Well, brother, I don't care if anybody knows my name as long as they know Jesus' name. Well, if they're going to know Jesus' name, they're going to need to know your name. Why? Because here's your promise that was promised to Abraham. Lord said to Abraham, go from your country, from your kindred, your father's house, to the land that I'll show you, verse 2. And I will make of you a great nation, and I will bless you, and I will make your name great. I will make your name great so that you will be a blessing. It's not right that the only name that's great, you know, is Bill Gates, Steve Jobs. Are you hearing what I'm saying? When I say great, I'm talking about famous and able to be a blessing. Bill Clinton, Hillary Clinton, Clinton Foundation. Bill Gates, Gates Foundation. You think about this. There's people, Elon Musk, Steve Jobs. You think about these names. We know the names. We know the names. Barack Obama, Michelle Obama. We know the names. We know that they have the ability to start a foundation, to help somebody, to bring whatever. Whatever they have done, haven't done. I'm not, I'm not endorsing anybody. I'm just put, proving a point to you from Scripture. Why is it that we only have very few people in the body of Christ whose names have become great? To the place where I can bless you to a place where nobody else can bless you like that. That's the blessing of Abraham. Not looking around saying, God, send somebody to bless me. Oh, God, that's my inheritance. No, no, no. That's not your inheritance. Your inheritance is God is raising you up and you will be a blessing to somebody else. You'll be so great, you'll overflow to such a degree that you, in your overflow, will bless somebody else. Woo! Glory to God. He'll make your name great. And God's got no issue with making your name great if you belong to this kingdom and this covenant because he knows what those kinds of people will do. They'll push the name of Jesus. Don't you, let me ask you a question. Don't you think Billy Graham's name has become great? Served presidents all over, I mean, through the years. He's got whole parkways named after him. Has so much, they had so much money in their ministry. People giving, leaving inheritances. I don't know if you know this. People left full inheritances from their life. Multi-millionaires left full inheritances to the Billy Graham Foundation. Tons and tons of finance. What do you think, that God didn't make Billy Graham's name great? You know why God had no issue doing that? Because he knew that every time Billy Graham would stand up, he would tell him, Jesus is coming soon. Get your life ready. Jesus is coming soon. Don't let sin destroy your life. Don't be taken out by the power of the enemy. Come to Jesus. Let your life be turned around. God said, I can make his name great. I got no issue with it because I know who he is, what he does, and where his heart is. He knew that about Abraham, that he would be God's man. 
And if you'll be God's man, if you'll be God's woman, God's got no issue making your name great. Lifting you to another level. Promotion doesn't come from men. You know, we actually, we're thinking, oh, I hope people jump on LinkedIn, hopefully somebody will endorse them. Hope I get a recommendation on LinkedIn for my business. Who cares? If your business is dedicated to blessing the kingdom, God will lift you up head and shoulders above the rest. It's part of your inheritance. Understand this. I started a business while I was in ministry early, early years. I can't do it now. It just, it, 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 I had so many doors open to me that it was like taken away from ministry time. I was in my 20s. I started a marketing firm and a design business. Sat around, Pastor Brian knows. I sat around on my couch, on my couch, on a laptop, doing stuff, getting calls from everybody. Political campaigns, law offices, all kinds of people. I worked with everybody under the sun. And I didn't sit out there and, and put out billboards, come hire my business, and go through town, walking through every place, handing out business cards and everything, putting things up on uh, cork boards and coffee houses. I just sat there just doing it. And it, word of mouth began to spread. You know why? Favor had to come on me. You know why? Because every dollar that came into that business, what, there was a portion always going to God. I'm not talking about a tithe. That's basic. I'm talking about a, a portion, a serious portion. So I gave 10% to God. You didn't give him anything. You paid it to him. It's a, it's a bill. Amen. I said it's a bill. Well, I sewed into my mortgage company this month. I was able to sew about $3,200 into the mortgage company. No, you paid a bill. I sewed into the gas company and electric. I was able to send them a seed this month. No, you paid a bill. You don't give God tithes. You pay tithes. I'm talking about a portion of the business went to God. I, I said, and you know, because I did, I never had to sit there and advertise and hope people would hire me and, oh, I, why, where's the business? No, no, no. I had so much business that people were calling me all the time to the place. I had to just take my website down and put a splash page that said, be back soon. Because I didn't want any more business. I actually had to let the, take myself off the internet and say, be back later. And I was never coming back. I just didn't tell them. Out to lunch, you know what I'm saying? Why? Because the increase hit me so hard. It hit me so hard, part of my inheritance. God's got no issue increasing you. Promotion does not come from men. Psalm 75, verses 6 and 7. Promotion doesn't come from the east or the west or the south. Promotion comes from the Lord, and he alone decides who will rise and who will fall. And if your life's pleasing to him, and you're part of the, you're part of the kingdom, you've got your inheritance, you're going to rise, not fall. I said, you're going to rise, not fall. Somebody declare, I will rise. I will rise steadily, violently. My increase will come from every direction because God's favor is upon my life. That's exactly right. You're part of the family. You've got an inheritance. Amen. Don't the devil lie to you and say, well, you shouldn't expect that kind of stuff. Look at your life. Look what you've done in the past. It's all gone. It's all gone. That stuff doesn't even exist anymore. You know what the Bible says? God said, I'll take those mistakes you made, all those sins that, that occurred in your life, I will take them from you and remove them from you as far as the east is from the west. You know how far that is? Infinitely. Go into space and travel east as far as you want. And as far as we know at this point, you can just keep traveling. Travel west as long as you want. As far as we know, you can keep traveling. What God was trying to tell us is, I'll infinitely remove your sins from your life. I'll, ta- I'll take those sins and throw them into a sea of forgetfulness to be remembered no more. 
You know, my question is for people that are being all condemned in the body of Christ, devil's got them remembering their past before they were under the blood. You know, you know what I always ask him? Why are you remembering things God forgot? Right. And he's almighty. And if he forgot it, how's it still in your mind? Right. You know why? Because the devil's the accuser of the brethren. He comes to accuse, accuse, accuse. You can't be blessed. You can't be blessed. This is why. This is why. And that's why we need to stand and say, I don't know who you think you're talking to, but I'm part of the family. I've got a whole book full of inheritance promises, and I'm not letting them go. And I refuse to walk on this earth with anything less than what God said is mine. Woo! Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. Hallelujah. He said, "I, I, I now commend you to God and to the word of his grace which is able to build you up and give you an inheritance. Now, you might have heard me touch on this briefly, but this is part of it, and I want to finish with this before I minister to you in Revelation chapter 5. I believe it's important to have your, even your children being saturated in the revelation of God's Word. Yeah, My kids are only 9, 5, and 3, but I've got them confessing the Word of God daily, daily. Till they do it themselves, dad's going to remind them, and mom's going to remind them, and they're going to do it. By the way, Carolyn loves you, wishes she was here today, and uh, she has been, I'm telling you, anointing has hit her in, in a new measure, and doors are opening for her. She just preached a women's conference in, uh, outside of Scranton, Pennsylvania, and the power of God fell. We're going to make those, uh, that stuff available very soon, but she's got another one coming up in August, and I'm just telling you, doors keep on opening. And she's preaching the, the uh, nonstop mom ministry is taken off. About a thousand women now are joining weekly to be a part of the teaching and the podcast. And it's just people are being stirred up. Testimonies are coming back nonstop. Amen. I mean, people writing in. You know, I, I, I never knew this. I, I wept through the whole thing. God set me free from this. I mean, it, it, was, it was supernatural. Lady just wrote in while I was live on Facebook. She said, your wife came, laid hands on me. I had hip and back pain for years, all day long. Severe hip and back pain. She called me out with a word of knowledge in the, in the, in the conference and said God's going to heal hip and back pain, laid hands on her, and instantly the pain ran right out of the woman's body. And so I'm thankful for my wife. I miss her. Wish she was here, but I'll see her in a few hours. Amen. <laughs> Praise God. If she's watching, I love you. Did I say everything you wanted me to say? Amen. <laughs> Revelation 5. Let me finish here, and then I'm going to pray for you. There's freedom in the house today. I said there's freedom in the house today. Whatever was hanging on to you is getting ready to fall off of you in Jesus' name. I said it's falling off in Jesus' name. Whatever demonic thing that's tried to harass your life, it is loosing its grip today in Jesus' mighty name. I said in Jesus' name. We're not called to struggle. We're not called to be uh, messed with day after day. We don't have to take whatever comes down the road. You learn how to dictate to the devil. That's not mine. If somebody showed up at my house with a package that was cash on delivery, said, here's your package, that'll be $300. Say, hold on, that's not my name on the package. That don't belong at this address. That's not for me. Take it back where it came from. I ain't giving you three. We think I'm just going to walk in the house. Well, it's not mine, but uh, let me get my checkbook. Hang on, here's your $300. No, I ain't paying for it. I didn't order it. It's not mine. Take it back. And when the devil comes to your house with a package and says, this is for you, take a little cancer, take a little diabetes, take a little high blood pressure, take a little arthritis, take a little glaucoma, you tell him, I didn't order that, that's not part of my inheritance package, that don't have my name on it, take it back where it came from. Woo, hallelujah. Take it back. I ain't taking it. It's not coming in my house. It's not coming on me or my wife or my children in Jesus' mighty name. 
Can you shout amen? amen? Jesus' death was a transaction, a supernatural transaction. He purchased not only freedom for our spirits, but I want you to look at what Revelation 5, 11, and 12, this is where I have my children confess every single day. Then I looked and I heard around the throne and the living creatures and elders the voice of many angels numbering myriads of myriads and thousands of thousands, verse 12, and this is what the angels were saying. With a loud voice, worthy is the lamb that was slain to receive. Stop right there and understand Jesus died to receive something. To take something for himself and for his family. What did he die for? To receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. Seven things Jesus died to receive. Honor and glory and blessing. That's the last three. But notice this. People say, well, brother, see, that was just for him. He received that for him. Really? You think Jesus needed to die to receive power? Right. What, he didn't have power on the earth when he walked the earth before he died? Right. He had to die to get it? Or did he cast out devils and raise the dead? Yeah. Or multiply five loaves and two fish to 15,000 people? Did Jesus uh, heal the lepers or did he not? Did blind eyes come open or did they not? Did deaf ears come open or did they not? Of course they did. And you know why? He could send his word and it healed them and the centurion's servant had to get up off of his bed and the palsy left his body is because Jesus had power before he died. He didn't have to die to get power. The reason he died to receive it was so he could give it to you. Hallelujah. So he could give it to you. What do you think? Jesus didn't have riches and wisdom before he died? He had riches the moment he was born. Wise men came to him that thought he was an actual king. They thought he was an actual king. That's why Herod was killing all the babies, two and younger. Because Herod said, this guy's going get, to get older and try to come take my throne. They've prophesied a king is coming. They thought he was an actual king. It wasn't three wise men like you see at Christmas time, one black, one Asian, and one white standing under by the manger. Diversity among the wise men. It was a caravan. It was a caravan. These wise men saw the sign in the, in the heavens and said, a real king is being born and we've got to go see him. And the Bible says in the Amplified Bible that they opened unto him their treasure bags. They brought gifts that were fit for an actual king. Gold. What do you think? They gave him a tiny little box that had two gold coins like you see at Christmas time? Here's some gold, baby Jesus. No, they brought him gold that was sufficient for a king. Frankincense, myrrh, sufficient for a king. In fact, scholars tell us that when the family escaped uh, Herod's wrath and moved to Egypt for all those years, they were fully supplied and had plenty of money, even though they were living in a foreign nation as immigrants, fully supplied. You know why? They already were packed down with gold and frankincense, and myrrh, and they were fit for a king. Jesus, I could, preach here, I could preach to you all day, we don't have the time. I could tell you all day long, Jesus wasn't poor. People think, Jesus was poor, brother. He was poor. He didn't have nothing, brother. Didn't have nothing. Then how come when his disciples said to him, where, do you, where are you staying? Where do you live? And he said, come and see. And took them to his house in Galilee and abode with them for the entire day, the Bible says. They abode with him for the whole day at his house. Well, brother, he was homeless. Foxes have holes and birds have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. 
wasn't talking about, what do you think? He, he never, he went 33 years, never laid his head down all day. He's just never, my, I've got no place to lay my head. What do you think he had to like learn to sleep standing up? He was giving them a principle that if you're going to serve the kingdom, if you're going to serve God, there will be persecutions. There will be times you have to leave what you have and go do what God's called you to do. But for every man and every woman that leaves houses and lands and husbands and wives will receive a hundredfold in this life. Woo, hallelujah. He wasn't poor and he didn't have to die to receive riches. He already had it. He already had wisdom. He already had might. He already had honor and glory and blessing. But he died to give them to you. Somebody shout, he died died. to give them to me. me. Yeah. And there's a power that comes with your inheritance. There's a power that comes with your inheritance that you can't get any other way. The people think they can do it by their own hands, man-made stuff. You can't do it with your own man-made strength and ability. You need the anointing of the Holy Ghost to be active in your life to bring to you what Jesus prepared for you. I can't get it. I need Jesus to intervene in every situation of my life. I need the Holy Ghost and his power. I need the Holy Ghost and his power. I need, it doesn't matter how talented, gifted I am, I need the Holy Ghost and his power. Without him, I'm nothing. We used to sing it when I was growing up. Without him, I could do nothing. Without him, I'd surely fail. Without him, I would be drifting like a ship without a sail. That was a song we used to sing because we understood. Without him, we're nothing. Jesus, abide in me as I travel on life's stormy sea and make my life what it ought to be, oh, Jesus. Abide in me. Why? Without him, I'm nothing. I need him. We used to sing it. I need thee, oh, I need thee. Every hour I need thee. Bless me now, my Savior. I come to thee. Why do we have to come to him? Because without him, there's no blessing. Without him, we're nothing. I need the power of the Holy Ghost in my life. I need an intervention of the Spirit of God in every area of my life. Without Him, there's no breakthrough, no miracle power. There is no answer to prayer. Without Him, there's nothing. But with Him, but with Him, there's everything you need. Everything you need is in the anointing of God. I said everything you need is in the anointing of God. Hallelujah. I said, hallelujah. hallelujah. Lift your hands all over this place. Mark, you stand, lift your hands. The power of God's on you right now. Take three steps forward. There's a new revelation of your call, your gifting, what the Lord's setting you aside and part to do. And your mind is receiving from this day forward a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. And God's going to guide you perfectly. And a new fire of the Holy Ghost is coming upon you from this day. Put both hands on your belly. In Jesus' name, I declare from this day forward a new anointing, a new fire, and a new direction in Jesus' name. Fire of the Holy Ghost come upon her from this day. Power of God overtake her from now until Jesus comes. Ha, 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 ha. In Jesus' mighty name. Lift your hands and thank the Lord. I'm telling you, every one of us are going to be blessed by the power of God.
We're not going to miss what God has for us. Not one of us will miss what God has for us. In Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' mighty name. Ben and Amy, stand on your feet. Hallelujah. Lift your hands. For God is anointing you with a spirit of increase like you've never known. Because of your faithfulness, your dedication to the kingdom, your love for the things of God, God is putting upon you a spirit of increase. And Ben, you hear what I tell you? You'll do less and have more. You'll do less and have more. You'll not have to kill yourself to walk in the overflow. Hallelujah. For I tell you, there's not just a spirit of increase coming on both of you, but a spirit of rest in Jesus' name. You'll enjoy life. You'll not struggle through life. You'll not have to, uh, you know, hunch over it and grind it through life. That's not going to be your story in Jesus' name. I declare it from today. A new rest comes upon you. <laughs> and I tell you, God's going to send you competent people to help you and stand and, and work and help and do, and you'll not grind it out. And the both of you will have uh, the greatest years that you've ever seen together of rest and enjoyment and refreshing. <laughs> For years it's felt like a grind, but from this day forward there's a rest. You hear me? This is an important thing that God's giving you because it's going to lengthen both of your lives. It'll lengthen both of your lives and it'll lengthen your joy and it'll lengthen your peace. <laughs> and you'll do less, but you'll have more. Fire of the Holy Ghost come upon them today. In Jesus' name. Oh, you'll do less, but you'll have more. <laughs> I loose that into your spirit today. A new fire of the Holy Ghost, a new rest, a new strength, and the help is coming. The help is coming. The help is coming. The help, competent workers to help you, to be a blessing to you. And you shall increase so quickly that people will wonder if you're not doing something crooked. They'll talk about you. They'll talk about you. I don't know how he has that kind of increase. God's blessing you. That's the favor of God upon your life. And continue in the kingdom. Continue pressing forward. God's got blessing for your family. He's got blessing for your family. Lift your hands and thank the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen. My sister, the healing power of God is upon your body right now. I tell you, you need a miracle, you need physical healing, God's touching you now by the power of His Spirit. Not only does He love you, He's healing you today in Jesus' name. That's the healing anointing that's coming into your body, making you whole. I curse every sickness and disease that's tried to attack your body, and I command it to leave from this day forward. In Jesus' mighty name, I lose strength into your body, strength into your mind. The organs of your body will function as created in Jesus' name. And you'll not have to be on any prescription medication in Jesus' name, for the Lord's touching you. And from this day forward, I loose that power of God into your physical body. Be healed in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Somebody lift your hands and thank the Lord. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. My sister, can I pray for you for just a moment? Praise God. The Lord is anointing you even for business. That's what he says today, even for business. And supernatural ideas are coming from the Holy Ghost to you that are going to cause you to supernaturally increase. And the blessing of God will be seen upon your life. And as God continues to speak to you, you'll see things that other people can't see. 
you'll be a problem solver that other people have no ability to solve those problems. But because you are, you'll be sought out by others. And it'll cause you to be blessed, 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 blessed. As God speaks to your heart, speaks to your mind, and gives you solutions to the issues that people are facing. And from this day, I declare it. The blessing of God comes upon your house, comes upon your life in Jesus' mighty name. For God loves you and has a plan to bless you. Hallelujah. Somebody lift your hands with her and thank the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I said, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Fire of the Holy Ghost come upon you today. In Jesus' name, there's a new level of ministry. You'll operate at a new level of authority and power in the Holy Ghost. It'll be evident, and it's coming quickly. Press in. I hear the Lord say this to you. It's time more than before, not that you don't, but it's time to level up in your prayer in the Spirit. Praying in tongues. Praying in tongues. More than ever, it's time to pray in tongues. Pray in tongues. And I hear the Lord say this. In your times where uh, you would consider down times or inactive times, riding in the car, doing things that take no uh, uh, thought, you know, just literally, you, you might be cleaning up the, play, the house or doing whatever, make it a pray in the Holy Ghost. Pray in the Holy Ghost. Pray in the Holy Ghost. For this new level of anointing, has to be accessed through dedication to the Spirit of God. The more you press in, the more you'll see. The more you press in, the more you'll see. Pray in the Holy Ghost. Paul said, I pray in the Spirit in tongues more than all of you. More, and he was the most impactful minister in the New Testament outside of Christ. And he said, I pray in the Spirit more than all of you. So you've got to pray in the Spirit. You've got to pray in the Spirit more than you ever have. And things are getting ready to break loose like you've never seen in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Somebody lift those hands and begin to thank God. Everything's changing for us in Jesus' name. Everything's changing for us in Jesus' mighty name. <laughs> Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. There's a fresh touch from the Holy Ghost right there. Receive it. Receive it. Land and stand on your feet. Lift your hands to the Lord. Hallelujah. Whenever I see you, I impart to you as best I can. God's got such a plan to use you for his glory. You'll not be like everybody else. You'll not have the results of everybody else, but you'll be blessed. But God's making you an influential man so that you can preach this gospel with fire and boldness. And I'm telling you, don't let go of your promise. Many are coming into the kingdom. Many are coming into the kingdom by the power of the Holy Ghost that's on the inside of you, and you'll not be like everybody else. You'll not experience what everybody else experiences in Jesus' mighty name. But the blessing of heaven is upon your life. Press in towards it. Press in for it. Fast and pray. Hear the voice of God. He has a plan to use you and a plan to bless you. Fire of the Holy Ghost come upon him today. In Jesus' mighty name. And I declare it. Quick, quick increase. Quick increase. In Jesus' mighty name. 
quick increase. Hallelujah. I tell you, your business is going to another level of increase and blessing. I heard the Lord tell me while I was preaching, the blessing of God. And your physical body is receiving a healing touch today. I lose healing into your body now. In Jesus' name. I lose the power of God into your heart. Your heart receives a touch today from the Holy Ghost. A strengthening. Lengthening of your days. And I tell you, this won't be the only thing. But there are other businesses that God's going to give you. And you'll be, it won't be long. Soon, you'll just be overseeing all the things that God puts in your spirit to do. And you'll be so blessed. <laughs> Hallelujah. And you'll be so blessed. You'll be so blessed that you won't know what to do. It'll be like, man, all those years that it was hard to make it happen, and now it feels like everything's just flowing easily, easily, easily. That's the blessing of God. That's the blessing of the Lord. In Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' mighty name. Brothers, you can play something worshipfully if you would. I want you to stand on your feet all over this house. Brian, step forward. There's a... Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. That leading God's put in your spirit, that's not just a hunger to press in for something. That's God giving you a, that's God giving you a sneak peek into this next level. And where God's leading you and guiding you to go in these times of prayer and fasting is that God's taking you to a place of manifestation like you've never had and seen in your ministry. Oh, you've seen a measure. But God's going to give you a full measure. <laughs> a full measure of this. And signs and wonders and miracles are getting ready to explode. Explode on this other side. On the other end of this prayer and fasting. I tell you, get ready. Because as you're pressing into the kingdom, God's opening, 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 opening to you the manifestations of his power. For you've not been satisfied. You know you've not been satisfied to just see ministry with no manifestation. We're not called to have ministry with no manifestation. So God said, I'm going to open up to you mighty and continuous manifestations of my power and of my glory. You'll not see it once every three weeks or a mighty miracle once every quarter, but it'll be like one after the other one after the other. And before you can get done giving the testimony of the last one, two new ones will break loose. <laughs> In Jesus' name. So many miracles will begin to happen, piggybacking off of each other, that you won't even be able to, you'll have to start some sort of a uh, something that you put out as a, a publication to just list and tell the stories of all the miracles. You hear what I'm saying? You'll have to put out some sort of a, a book or mini book each quarter just to let people know in the church and visitors. These are, what, these are the things God's done just in the last quarter. You'll be able to hand a booklet out at the door. Read these 80 pages of what God's done in just the last quarter. You hear me? It's going to be so swift. It's going to be so strong. It'll seem like a current swept you into the manifestations of the Holy Ghost. <laughs> and it's coming quickly. Fire of God come upon him. There it is. Fire of the Holy Ghost. Hey, 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 hey. It'll sweep through this house so quickly. People will wonder what in the world was that. It's the Holy Ghost. He's moving in these final days before Jesus comes. <laughs> Woo, glory to God. He's coming. He's coming. 
and his power needs to be seen. I want you to bow your heads all over this church in Jesus' mighty name. If there's any person in this house today, you say, you know what, I'm not sure. If Jesus were to come today, I don't know that I'm ready to see him. There are things in my life that are not right, things that are displeasing to God, sinful things. I'm encouraging you today. Get rid of sin before sin gets rid of you. Get it out of your life. And from this day forward, serve the Lord with gladness. If you're in this church this morning, you say, Preacher, that's me. I know I need to pray that prayer today with you and know that all things are made new in my life, that I'm ready for heaven, that I'm ready to see Jesus when he comes. If that's you and you're here today and want to pray that prayer, lift your hand right where you are and hold it high and I'm going to pray with you. Where are you? I see it there, 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 there. Who else? Back there. Who else? This is your day over here on the side, over here. Who else? Don't miss your moment. I see you. God bless you. Who else? You want to pray this prayer. Make all things new in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Hear me, Jesus is coming very soon. The trumpet is going to sound, and when it does, we'll be caught up to meet him in the air. Don't miss that day. Don't miss your moment. Christ is calling you today. Come home. Come home. Take a step of faith. Every person, you lifted your hand. I want you to quickly get out of your seat and come stand with me at this altar. Come now and come quickly. We're going to pray. Come on. If you lifted that hand, get out and come. Come, come. Don't wait for somebody else. Jesus is calling. Come on, guys. Come on. Come on. If you lifted your hand, get out of your seat and come. There were others. Don't. Listen. Don't miss your moment because you're worried about what somebody else might think. Don't, who cares what anybody else may think? The question is, what does Jesus think of your life? If God's inspecting your life today, if you had to stand before him, would you be able to successfully stand before him and pass into heaven? Or is there something holding you back that says, no, I couldn't come. I couldn't come into the presence of God. I want you to get out of your seat and come if you lifted that hand. The two, three more of you. Don't miss this. Every Christian ought to be praying. Every head bowed. Every eye closed. If you need to come, come quickly and come now. Jesus is calling you. He loves you. He loves you. God bless you. Who else? Who else? Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I don't gloss over this. I don't rush through it because this is life or death. This is heaven or hell. This is heaven or hell. And you need to move now because Jesus is calling you and pulling on your heart today. You feel that touch? You feel that pull? Today's the day. The Bible says today is the day of salvation. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Ten more seconds, then we're going to pray. If you need to come, now's the time. Hallelujah. All things are being made new this morning. In Jesus' wonderful name. Hallelujah. Bow your head all over this place. Those of you that are here, I want you to repeat this prayer with me, and I want you to say it boldly with a loud voice. Everything's turning around in Jesus' name. Pray this with me. Say, Father, in Jesus' name. Thank you, Thank you for sending your son, sending your son to, die to die for me. I ask you now, forgive me of my sin. Make me new. Give me the power to live for you for the rest of my life until I die or until you come. Thank you, Lord Jesus. 
from this day forward, I'm a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. Devil, take your hands off of my life. I belong to Jesus. And you're trespassing on God's property. From this day forward, I will serve the Lord. In Jesus' name. Now lift your hands and thank the Lord that it's done. Father, I pray, fill every one of these with the mighty Holy Spirit of God. Strengthen them to do what you've called them to do. We thank you, Lord, that you're keeping them from harm, danger, sickness, disease. Every wicked attack of the enemy, it will not touch their house. In Jesus' mighty name, we thank you, Lord, for new brothers and sisters in the kingdom of God. We give you glory, honor, praise. And if you believe it, somebody shout aloud, amen. 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 Let's lift our hands and thank God. Father, we thank you for everything you're doing. Thank you for adding to the kingdom today. Thank you for touching your people. Thank you for the divine inheritance. Now, I pray the prayer of faith over every person that's in this house. Whatever it was that was touching you, harassing you, causing you to struggle, from this day I rebuke it in Jesus' mighty name. I command it to loose its grip on your life. Sickness and disease has to go. Poverty, lack has to go. Depression, anxiety has to go. Every issue that tried to plague your family, I commanded to leave today in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. And Father, we give you thanks. We give you praise. We give you glory for all you're doing. If you believe it, somebody shout aloud, amen. 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 Glory to God. I just, God. As you're standing there, uh, Barrett, if you would come on up and, and tell us about the announcements. But I just want you to say this with me. Just say, Father, Father right, now, right now, today, today is, my is my day of freedom. Of freedom. I, receive I receive the fullness, the fullness of, your of your freedom right now. Right now. I'm not leaving here the same. I'm, leaving here, I'm leaving here empowered. I'm leaving here free. I'm leaving here free. Healed, Healed in all provision. In Jesus' name, name. glory to God, glory to God. Can you just give God praise for the gift of Brother Ted this morning? That word, that word will lift you up, build you up. It'll tell you about your inheritance and it'll help you to receive that inheritance. And he brought you that word today. Brother Ted, we just love you and thank you so much. I'm glad you got to be here today. And uh, we just praise you, Father. Thank you so much for your goodness and your mercy. And we receive that freedom today in Jesus' name.